Hello, my podcast family. Welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Today, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. We're going to read the 12th chapter. It's six verses, and so I will read it in its entirety from the New American Standard Bible. Then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, Lord, for although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And on that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Rejoice and shout for joy, your inhabitant, you inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. When I first read this, I thought I was reading a psalm. I mean, it mirrors the flow of psalms. It has the cadence of the words of um, verses in psalms. It's a psalm, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I hope you can you could hear it when I was reading. But anyway, just to give you some background, the chapter that precedes this gives a mini history lesson on the nation of Israel and how God led them out of Egypt and the numerous times they were captured um, as a result of their disobedience to the Lord. In the end, the um, last verse really um, says that God will gather all of the people who have been dispersed as a result of them being captured and led away from the promised land and that he will unite them. That's the ending verse of chapter 11. And then we pick up here in chapter 12, which is a psalm in essence. This is a narrative of praise to the Lord for delivering them. And of course, I want to highlight a couple of things that jumped out at me when I read this. First, the way it starts off. It starts with giving thanks. This, I believe, is something that we all should do every day. Every day we have something to be thankful for, despite of what may or may not be going on in our world, in our lives. God is good, and he wants us to be mature enough to look beyond our circumstances and see him for the good and holy God that he is. We are to be thankful. Second, we see that our God, who is loving, kind, compassionate, does and can get angry. Did you know that God can get angry? That he gets angry? What I want us to understand is that God's anger is far different than ours. First, his anger comes out of love, out of love for us. Second, it's always directed at sin. So when you see God taking vengeance on a person in the, you know, old te- in the in the Bible in the Old Testament specifically, I want you to look and see how that person sinned against God. Right? Even Jesus, when he rebukes people, what what was the sin that they were committing? 
So it's it's not personal. <laughs> it's a sin thing with God. Remember, he's holy. So holy and sin don't mix. And holy, trust me, when it comes with God from God, God's holiness will always win. Holiness will always win. Third, God will not allow his anger to get out of control. He can temper his temper. (laughs) Can you imagine what we would experience if he couldn't? Remember the verse that says, because of his loving kindness, we are not consumed. That's an example of God being able to restrain himself from us. He can do because he's holy. Even his holiness would consume us. Imagine what his wrath would do. We could ask Sodom and Gomorrah, couldn't we? (laughs) If we could learn the lesson from God on how to restrain and control our anger, we would be different people, wouldn't we? (laughs) Fourth, God's anger will always lead to better. Meaning the end result will be either a better person or a better understanding of who God is or a better environment. It makes sense because his anger is targeted at sin. So once sin is removed, naturally, aren't things going to be better? Of course they are. Then I notice that Isaiah states that he will trust and not be afraid. The reason he doesn't have to fear is because of what I just described. God's anger isn't directed at a person, it's directed at sin, and it comes out of love. God doesn't stay angry forever. And when he is angry, we know that it will lead to better. That allows us to trust him and to not be afraid of him. The rest of the chapter shows us how to praise God, how to brag on God. Yeah, I said it, brag on Jesus. Do not be afraid to tell anyone, any tell anyone who will listen how good God has been to you. Isaiah gives instructions on how to do this by, number one, he says we should tell everybody you know, (laughs) and even some who you may not know. Tell them about God and what God has done for you in your life. You tell them what he's done for you in your life, and you exalt his name, that by your testimony, the people um, will know to exalt the name of God. All of those names that we mentioned in a couple of episodes before that describe his character, Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, elevate, exalt the name of God. And then sing to him. Sing to him about him and what he's done for you. You can make up songs for yourself at home. I do all the time. Jesus loves my voice. Not everyone else does. Sing to the Lord. Sing a new song unto the Lord. And then to rejoice at God being your God and you being his child. The last verse in um, chapter 12 talks about rejoicing because the Holy One is in their midst. Well, we have the Holy Spirit that dwells in our lives every day. We have Emmanuel, God with us. So rejoice that you have that relationship, that we can come to him in prayer. Rejoice at that. You know what just hit me? That when we exalt God's name, that when we give testimony about what he's done in our lives, God uses that. He uses our praises and our testimony 
to draw others closer to him. That's why you can't keep it to yourself. It pleases him because the praise is about him. And then God uses it to allow others to see that he is real, that he's good, and that he answers prayer. You know, when I grew up, my church used to have an opportunity for people to come down the aisle and give testimonies. It wasn't every Sunday, but I know as a little girl, I used to um, look forward to that. Sometimes it'd be funny stories, but for the most part, I couldn't wait to hear what God had done in another person's life. As a little girl, that gave me encouragement because I was like, oh, if God does that for them, he could do it you know, for others. And I really didn't internalize it that way now that I think about it. But as I got older, I would reflect on the fact, oh, those testimonies. So if he did it for that person, you know, 10 years ago, he can do it for me. His word says that he's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Testimonies are a good thing. And I don't know why mm, collectively we've kind of gotten away from it. So don't, don't be afraid to share your testimony. I hope you aren't being silent about what God has done for you. He's too good. And we see that by you doing that, not only does it bring honor to him, but he uses it to draw others to him. We as children of God should never, ever be ashamed of our God. We don't have to know everything about him. We won't know everything about him. But what we do know is that he is real and that he's good. I know personally, I don't have to prove that God exists to anyone. All I know is that is what I've experienced in him. And that's good enough for me. As we continue to trust God, doesn't knowing that even if he gets angry, it's still out of love. Doesn't that make trusting him easier to do? As we wait on him to answer our questions, doesn't knowing that he may be um, he may have something a little better for us and you know in store for us give you more reason to trust him and wait on his timing I hope so let's not rush God as if we could let's be mature children resting in the assurance of a God who loves us and cares deeply about us and all that happens around us a God who is right now orchestrating things in your life that will bring you joy and closer to him. Today, rest in him. Put your trust in him and do not be afraid. And then rejoice because he is in your midst. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We come offering our thanksgivings because you are good and you deserve it. That you woke us up this morning. That your Holy Spirit dwells within us. That you have sent your angels charge over us to keep us safe. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to be able to come to you as we are right now, knowing that you are listening, that we are in your very presence. And the reason that we can do that is because of our Savior who's, who bore our sins. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you, Father, for rest. Help us to not be ashamed of the relationship that we have in you. Help us to proclaim boldly what you do for us in our lives. Because we're proud of you. You are our God. 
And we do want to brag on you because you are worth bragging on. Help us to stand ready to give a testimony about your goodness and your love. Bless each and every person who's listening today. Help them feel a special touch from you today. You know what they are going to experience today. You've already seen it and ordained it. Help them to place their trust in you, knowing that whatever happens, that it'll be for their good and your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus.